Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Carl McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host this evening as we take a wee, a wee trip down memory lane and getting the old gang back together. I have no idea why, but so many listeners requested it. Um, but we're getting the, not quite the OG, but probably the, the golden years line up, if you like, here to... Um, here to talk through all things Rangers. First of all, the grandmaster storyteller of the Gallant Few, it's Davy P. How are you? Smashing con. Aye, uh, I've, I've got no more stories to tell you. I could make a few up right enough. But it's good to uh, see a, a few well-kent faces in the crowd tonight. I look forward to it. Also joining us, the other half of the Gallus too, from the, the Daily News Show. It's the Raven Foreign Correspondent. David T, how are you? Yeah, you had me worried there, Colin. I thought you were going to say the Golden Girl, so we're not that old, surely. <laughs> no, it's great to have the whole team back again. And I remember the, back in the days when we were screaming uh, that we, 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 we get near 100 people listening for one, one show. So, yeah, thankfully it's changed days. <laughs> I will say that because we moved our, our slot from a Thursday night to a Wednesday night because Rangers are playing tomorrow, we are at a grand total of seven and now. But hello to you seven listeners who are tuned in. Oh, we're up to eight. Speaking of Golden Girls, adding a wee bit of glamour to proceedings, the man who can, whose smile could light up Wembley, it's just so infectious. For the deep south, it's Mason. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Colin. Golden years, I'll take that all day long. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good, good to be on, and good to see the two Davies. It's been a while. So, it has been a while. I was doing my research, and when I say research, I went through the YouTube archives. The 19th of February, 2023, is the last time the four of us were on a pod together. Um, and the show description is Colin Mason and the two Davies catch up on the usual Sunday night slot to discuss a comfortable but unglamorous 3 0 win at Livingston with James Tavenier impressing David Martindale once more. Um, so I think back, cash your minds back, Davey P. I don't know if you can remember Rangers, you know, it was nice and exciting under Michael Beale. We had Nico Raskin and Todd Cantwell just come in, the Scottish Cup, and the league was still on. Tavenier scored doubles. What a time to be alive, eh? It, it was so optimistic, you know, it was, uh, it was it was like being a youth again, you know, so everything in front of us, it's all going to happen. But uh, that turned into a bag of shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with Michael Beale, we were just uh, so looking forward to the summer transfer window, you know, when he could put his stamp on the squad. But he put his stamp on the squad, just not in the way that we hoped. I mean, I've just watched Cedric Itton trot, trot out, you know, for uh, young boys of Bern against Manchester City tonight. You know, they were big enough. They actually mentioned, you know, former Rangers, uh, Cedric Itton. And, uh, gosh, and we we're thinking, you know, we're going to get a proper centre forward, you know, someone who's going to be Morelos plus, Morelos 2.0, and we ended up with Cyril Dessers. So back to the drawing board, I guess. Uh, I mean... Michael Beale did put his stamp on it, David T, um, but he kind of set the place on fire first and then put his golf shoes on and stamped it the fuck out. Um, obviously, we don't have any real set agenda tonight other than previewing the game tomorrow. And what we didn't cover on Sunday was the new manager. Hopefully, he's a little he's a little bit more tender um, to the fans, but ruthless with the players. Um 
what's your what's your thoughts after seeing Philip Clement's first game in charge and his his first few press conferences? Well, my my first few of them's a big guy. I don't I don't fancy coming home at, at night and telling that I lost my wages in a in a poker game. To be honest with you, and. Uh, Obviously tonight, you, you, the first time I saw him, I thought, well, he's not got much of a sense of humour. But doing the press conference this afternoon, the, it actually looks like he's got quite a good sense of humour as well. The way he was kidding Todd Cantwell on uh, about not being able to say anything bad about against him. So I, was, I was quite quite enjoyed that. No, I think we're, we're going to go and with the, the game. It's, it's one game. We can't judge one a person a game. I mean, we've got judged Michael Beale uh, for, for about... 10 months, 11 months and, and got it wrong. So that was, uh, and just remember, we're all sitting thinking, oh, once he gets his players in, once he gets his players in, then that'll be it. That well, Things will be great. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out. But I've not given up on Dessers yet. I haven't, I haven't. I think maybe, maybe Clermont can get a, a song out of him. Mason, I... Aldo, um, that, I'm just looking at that comment there. Um, he's not got a full full of the media. Um, and a wee shout out to all the listeners who are watching live on YouTube. Quite a few of the subscribers on. And Aldo, the sniper, might not one of our moderators. Good to see him on as always. I don't know what to do, Mason. Like, I really want to get ahead of myself because it's it's a gallant few way to um, jump first and think later. I did like his press conference tonight. Um, ahead of it, he's he's probably not quite as ruthless as Gerard was, um, but he's not as whimsical as Bill was. Um, he's he, he's he's light-hearted, but he keeps it cut. He keeps it short. He doesn't give too much away so far. Yeah, he's he's, he's comes across really really impressive so far. You know, just as enough and not too much. We had obviously. Van Bronckhorst, who didn't say a lot, and then we had Bill, who just said everything in the world. So uh, it's good to get someone who's a little bit more authoritative and, and doesn't give too much away. But um, yeah, I mean, Saturday was was really good. To sort of turned it on and just didn't know what to expect, and then see the starting lineup, and I thought, oh no, here we go. And I think we all did, if we're, if we're being honest, seeing Scott Wright uh, on, on the right wing. But uh, I actually think he done no bad on <laughs> Sunday. I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's, it's Typical sort of Scott Wright. I thought he, he always does quite well off the ball, but it, yeah, it wasn't one of his worst ones. I, if, listen, he probably looking at the squad, he might he might be starting again tomorrow, which is a bit of a worry. But I just thought the whole team looked. We just looked like a, a team that knew they was what they was doing. And I know that sounds really simple, but we've watched the team this season for large parts where I, I, you know I, I couldn't work out what we was trying to do. So uh, it's a really good start, but but tomorrow will be. A really tough test. I would go as far as saying tomorrow night will be the toughest game in the in the group. Davy, I, I think it is going to be a, a, a tough um, game tomorrow, probably because this has more that this probably has more chance of swaying the group. Obviously, we're away to Real Betis, uh, the last game of the group in December. We're hoping that everything would be formalised by then and were qualified. But as it stands, this is probably the one that will really make a break. I think we need at least four points out of this doubleheader. Going into tomorrow, um, the first big talking point, which I want to get everybody's thoughts on, is we don't have a left-back. What a laugh. Um, I did suggest playing Sam Lammers there. 
because it seemed to turn Joe Aribo into a superstar when we played him left back against Braga. Um, he turned into Diego Maradona incarnated. What are we going to do for the left back position? Hey, well, that's a tough one. I think it's probably if, if we don't have a, you know, a first pick or someone who's a natural left back, then Ben Davis will slot in there because he has played left back before. So I think we'll just have to make do with Ben Davis. Uh, but to get ourselves into this position, you know, when uh, we, you know we elected not to have uh, Redvan in the squad, it just seems absolutely stupid at the moment. But I think when the squad was announced, which was kind of early September, that he was injured at that time. But I think by the time uh, we had got to, you know, the formal announcement, you know, he had to submit it to UEFA. But when it, when it was announced, kind of later on in September, he was fit. So. I don't know what the story is there, but uh, maybe that's Michael Beale just didn't think too hard about that one, thinking that you know other players will be, uh, be able to fill in. But uh, we're going to have to rely on Ben Davis, I guess. So I mean, uh, he, he has played there for Preston, so uh, as the story goes, so uh, it's just a shame that you know we're going to put him in a European tie because I think we need to. I think you're right, Colin. We need a at least a point from this. Uh, so if we've got any ambition to qualify from the group, we will need a result of some description. A victory would be brilliant, but uh, I think if we can avoid defeat, that that would be at least work in progress and, and bring them back to Ibrox and, and get the the other three points of the four that you mentioned there. So, but to put ourselves in this situation, uh, just it just seems so avoidable. I think um, I think it was very telling when. Uh, Philip Clermont. I thought he answered it really well when he was asked about the decision to leave Yelmaz out and he said, whatever happened last week or last month, it doesn't matter, it's a clean slate I can't do anything about it, I've got enough to worry about, but deep down he was, he must be thinking ah, you've <laughs> you sold me a donkey here um, David T, when asked on Sunday who your, who your man of the match is, you gave a good old politician's answer and, and nominated the whole defence see the picking up player it is a shame That's because cool. Thank was it that? Shona? Oh, I'll you after. I'll you again. <laughs> Apologies. I, I do get used to it mixed up from time to time. Um, the... <laughs> nah, you're, the the <laughs> you're the beautiful one. <laughs> Shona's the one with the partner, I forget. Um, <laughs> but as, like, I think the sentiment stands where the defence did play well for the most part. Um, Yelmaz, I'm a long-term fan of him. It's a shame. There's a couple of comments in saying potentially three at the back. Um, I don't see him changing it for uh, a European game uh, when we need to get something out of it. Um, I think if he's got to change formation, that'll be after a, a few weeks of getting his ideas across. My only issue with Ben Davis is I, I don't think... I don't think he'll offer much going forward, and I think Rangers do need to make the most of their attacks tomorrow. Is Adam Devine or somebody else maybe somebody to come in, or would you roll with Davis as well? I'd go with Davis. And if the, 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 that question about the three at the back, the thing is about the playing three at the back is you need a, a player, an attacking player that can defend, and that's where, where you're going to come into, into trouble, I think. So you still need really a left back. You don't. You you, you can play three at the back, but you still need a left back that's going to attack when we're on the ball and come back and defend when we're not on the ball. So it, it's just really it's not going to change anything. Not putting the three at the back. 
So I think that rules out that one. Um, what I think, I think I would just go with Davies. I think King's in there as well. Who you could King's played it before as well. So maybe King might be a, 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 a another one. Although I think he's right footed, isn't he, King? So I'm not not keen on putting a, a right footed player there. But it just shows you. I, I mean, I don't understand the rule from from UEFA. I, I really don't. Why, why do you have to name a pool of players months before the actual they've actually got to play? There's absolutely no sense in it. I don't, I don't see the sense in it. And that's just uh, that, that. That's my wee sort of a rant for today. But that I just don't see the sense in this rule that you've got to name players uh, long before the, 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 the they've actually got to play. And just for for one thing that Mason said, um, I think I think Raskin about Beal and and uh, clarity. I think the Raskin gave a lot away during the week when he said um, he was asked what would Clement bring, and he said clarity and attacking football. And I think that answers a lot of questions. I don't think the players had an idea of what Bill was trying to get them to do. And I think that was his downfall. I think he was trying to overcomplicate things with different systems, different setups, different attacking moves. And really, football is such a simple game if you just play it right. You're right. And I think it's... I mean, not a name job, but Michael Beale, when he was interviewed by the Gallant Few, when he left for Aston Villa, um, interviews in the archive, folks, if you want to listen to it, um, maybe too soon to be putting a Michael Beale interview, but he did say about um, Gerrard's backroom team all building something different, and they were very much a team. And I think you've seen that when Beale left um, Aston Villa, and Gerrard seemed to kind of lose the reins a wee bit, and I think you've seen... Bill without the kind of the glue that brings everything together. But Mason, your thoughts on the left back position? I, I'm happy to be overruled, but I can't be the only one that's that'd be worried with Ben Davis playing left back. I, I would much rather see Adam Devine in. Yeah, I, I watched the B team though Sunday, Colin, and, and I, I wasn't impressed with, with Adam Devine at all. Um, and that, that would be a little bit of a worry for me. I, what I would say is when he when he came into the first team under Bill uh, last season, I thought he, you know, considering obviously naturally a, a right back, I thought he'd done really well. And I think he did offer more going forward as well. But yeah, Ben Davis left back. I mean, if, if you're going to pick a game to do it, it, it might be, you know, a tough European away game where we're probably not going to have as much of the ball. But I, I would really worry about about him playing there but just looking at the squad there's there's not many other options obviously a couple of the comments saying why don't we go to three at the back but the problem is with that is who plays the sort of left wing back role are you going to put Simmer there and do you trust him to do the defensive side of it I'd really really worry about that as well so it's, the obvious one is sort of Ben Davis I, I took a little bit of confidence from uh, Clement's um, uh, presser today where he kind of just said look it is what it is we'll deal with it and uh, a sign of a good coach is is putting someone in there and, and them doing the job. So I'm hoping that he's got a plan tomorrow that, that can get us a result. But it's just mad that Yilmaz isn't in the squad. And again, Bill's gone, thank God. But we're still, you know, that that decision is killed us now for for the next four games. You know, five games without. You know, we could have done with Yilmaz out in in Cyprus as well. And I just can't understand with Borna Barisic's injury problems, we know what he's like, he gets a little knock and he's off, that we don't have another uh, left-sided, you know, full-back in there. It was only a crazy decision that I, one that 
can't really understand it's, at all. Especially when he was fit by the time that so, the European games came around, as Davy said, it's bonkers. Crazy, but that was that was built. Sticking with you, Mason, and I'll make my way around to give you first dibs this time. Todd Campwell was the the player doing the, the press conference today. It's not always a guaranteed science that the player doing the press will play tomorrow, but seeing as Todd Campwell came back from injury and he just, he just looked like everything we'd been missing in his, in his cameo that he made, um, even got, got himself an assist. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start tomorrow. I think the question is, and probably revisiting a question we had the last time we were on in February, where do we play him tomorrow? Uh, for me, I, I can't I can't see why we don't play him in his best position then um, behind the striker, a number 10 role, give him free role, give him free range, give him the key to the city. Would you rather see him play further deep or are you, are you seeing him further forward? Yeah, 100% in that number 10 role. Uh, Colin, that's, that's his best position. I think we see the best of Todd Campbell towards the end of last season. I know, the se- you know, when he got fit and got going, the season was done, but he did, you know, prove to be a, a key player. And, and I think he has the ability to be a real, you know, good player for us. And I think what we've seen in Todd Campbell this season is, even in pre-season, he's in playing all different kinds of positions and, and it hasn't really worked. And it, that's basically because, you know, Bill's brought in Lammers and tried to get Lammers in the tenant put Cantwell elsewhere and it's for me that's, that, that was the wrong the wrong decision where you see the best of Cantwell was on the half turn and in, in them areas where we see him on Saturday for the pass only, he's the only player in, in our team that can make that pass for me where he gets that half a yard he knows exactly where Dessas is, is without without looking so hopefully tomorrow night he's in that that number 10 position but it's going to be a big you know it's not just a case of him playing a free roll tomorrow because off the ball is going to be going to, going to be huge and he needs that i thought that's where he was good towards the end of last season as well off the ball so i'm hoping he starts and i'm hoping he plays in that that number 10 instead of uh sam levels davy p what, what about yourself uh I, I can't see Clement changing the formation or the lineup too much um, from Sunday. Like, I do think you'll still be the four-two-three-one, normally swaps being the left back for A and other. And for me, Lammers out for Campbell. I would pretty much go with the same team. Dessers up front, Seaman right either side. Is there any other changes you would make? Well, first of all, can I just say that we. I mean, at the tail end of you know, last season and from Christmas onwards, as we were drawing up our lists of who's for the chop, who's in the taxi to the airport. I mean, Scott Wright was absolutely nailed on, wasn't he? And now, you know, he starts on Saturday and we're, you know, now talking about he's in for the next European match, you know, on, on Thursday night. I mean, maybe uh, Scott David, uh, is Scott Wright syndrome. So see when we signed Scott right, everybody like so many people roll math and then see when he started in Seville, most people are like, Oh yeah, it makes sense to start him. He's just a fucking enigma, isn't he? Well, it depends what Scott but the thing is is Mason Bench that or, or yourself was it? I think Scott Wright did all right in Saturday. You know, he was uh, I think he was actually sailing quite close to the wind in terms of, you know, getting himself into trouble with ref again. But that don't know what's a head case to, to start with, right enough. But uh, for Cantwell I think it's it's kind of Mason's just uh, lined it out for us. You know, we need to get this boy. He's so creative. You know, you saw that with the pass slip through for uh, for Dessers going on Saturday. That what he can do. I think he took out about three defenders just by by dinking it. You know, inside. You know, what was that four or five yard pass? 
which uh, they weren't expecting. Uh, and you saw just from his his appearance when he came on, he's just that that wee bit quality is just that bit bit higher than you know some of the other players. Uh, Lammers, I think, is uh, I don't know, maybe it's a confidence thing because I think maybe if he got a couple of goals in him, he would be just a wee bit more relaxed, and you just see he's, he's so keen to, to to do it. But no, I would be uh, I, I, Todd Cantwell's got to start t- tomorrow. Night. We've got any eye ambition to score a goal because other than that you know we'll see my will be a should be a goal threat because the boys get pace that, that just was frightening so and and Dessers for me is just a lump of wood I just don't see what we get from from uh, Cyril Dessers watching them move about the park on Saturday was thinking what what was the attraction here you know because we've, we've just I've just watched Cedric Itton you know we had a uh, big Tony goals and now, you know, we, we were chasing Cyril Dessers and it was, uh, you know, touch and go for a while and we're all, you know, pushing it over the line. And then now I've got up to Ibrox and we see him, we're thinking, what was all that about? <clears throat> so I think we uh, we need to work hard, but I think the the, the free roll for, for Cantwell, I think, will be difficult to see that happening because I think Philippe Clement will be a bit more, you know, detailed in his instruction for the players. I don't think he'll, he'll, he'll send these guys out and say just... Uh, just go do your thing, Todd. I don't think he's that sort of coach. I think it will be fairly uh, detailed. Here's what I expect of you. Here's what I want you to do. You know, so uh, and this is what you'll be measured on when you get back here. Or I'll, I'll I'll bounce you off that wall. Hopefully, well, hopefully not if he's done it. <laughs> so I, I think Todd Cantwell's creativity is, you know, it was all for all to see on Saturday. But I think uh, Clermont will be a bit more. You know, disciplined and structured, and 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 what he will require of the players, they will go out there with a, a set of expectations which he will hope they comply with. So, I hope that doesn't take the edge off Todd Cantwell because I think he he can do the the Hollywood stuff. He does it so well. So, I mean, and and that's usually where, as as we saw on Saturday, where we can we can make a difference and get a goal from it. But hopefully, with uh, we we stay in this game, I think they will come at us. Uh, they're a big team, you know, they're big physical boys and apparently very good at the set pieces so uh, I think it's important that our defence are, are up for this game because I think you know, they will be important apparently these guys are look like a basketball team because they're all six foot something uh, so Don't drifting away too much for the midfield, just on the points you were making then, like, I do concede it's maybe not the game to give um, Todd Campbell the the sun lounger and tell him to go and do what he wants. Um, but I think how creative he can be will be really dependent on the two behind him. And David T, I'll come to you. It wouldn't be a reunion if we don't have a ding dong about John Lundstrom. Um, I, I think it'll be Lundstrom and Nico Raskin sitting as a kind of double pivot. I do think Nico Raskin had is having some of his better games in the rare occasion we see him get a wee bit further forward and the two number sixes, number eights, I don't know what you call them, the two midfielders rotate instead of both bombing forward or both sitting back. John Lundstrom does come into his own um, in Thursday nights. Um, I wish we could tell him that the weekends were Thursday nights, but I think depending how Ration and Lundstrom play tomorrow will go a long way to either Aiden or Hindon, Todd Campbell. Well, I totally agree, Campbell, uh, Campbell in the number 10 uh, position. Clemens has already clear, made it clear that 
players will can move out of position, but the structure of the team has got to say that's one of its important things. We will play attacking football, but we will play it in a structure. And I think that, I mean, let's face it, up until last weekend, Lundstrom didn't bomb forward. They only bombed backwards to go behind the centre-halves to get the ball off the goalkeeper. So, um, no, I didn't. Lundstrom had a good game win in, in, in the weekend. And Raskin did get more forward, which which helps a heck of a lot. It takes a lot, an awful lot of pressure. Off your defenders, actually, when when your midfield are more attacking, when they are seeing more of the ball, and uh, when 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 other teams coming at you all the time, it puts a heck of a lot of strain on your defenders. And then when uh, once you've got strain on your defenders, then you've got a chance they'll make a mistake. So Rangers playing with more aggressiveness and getting more forward, uh, pressing higher up the park, it definitely will take the the, the strain off the defenders as well. And I don't, you know, I, I would go definitely going way, way Raskin and Lundstrom. I'm, I've, I've no doubt about that. I think it'll be the same team. I think the the, the, the hard bit will be trying to work out whose substitutes are actually <laughs> tomorrow. But I don't think we can have many left, do we? I think it was because even the even Lovelace and uh, Lovelace fell out. Uh, he's he's away. Um, Aye, well, I mean, Matondo Mania is, um, died as soon as it was born because he's injured. We we don't have our woes to seek in the injury front, but I suppose that's the joy of having so many so many of the young team. Um, again, we can only use five subs, and realistically, the subs that we'd be like to use are Ryan Jack, Danilo, Lammers if he's on the bench, um, Ross McCausland, I think, has put himself into that conversation as well. So, Lammers will be playing. How would you get Lammers on the bench? Well, I'm going to bring on um, Todd Cantwell for them. Unless you're going to play Lammers left back. No, but who? who no, but you've you've lost Scott Wright, so Cantwell will be in for Wright, surely. Uh, nah, Mason. I'll, I'll let you come in. This one, um, I am firmly <laughs> of the occasion that Scott Wright goes in cycles. He he plays ninety percent of his games pish, and then he. He pops up for ten percent. I think he's in his ten percent where he looks like um he looks like a footballer. I've no got to say a Rangers player, but I would I would keep Scott Wright in for this game. Is Scott Wright not injured? I fucking hope not. He was playing on Sunday. Oh, okay, no, he, uh, he right. injured. Or am I wrong? Mason, who's right? Who's wrong? <laughs> he, did, he did he did go off. He did look like he was uh, absolutely knackered at uh it was about 70 minutes, but I think that's where come on at the end of the game said so there's players there that can't, it's a bit of a worry that can't finish 90 minutes. So he's got better get used to that because that happens quite a lot. But if it was down to me, I, I wouldn't go with Scott Wright. I, thought, yeah, I agree with, with, with all you tonight that he did do okay at the weekend, but I just think we've seen him with Scott Wright. He could go and play decent um, against Hibs on Saturday and then he goes and puts a performance in that we see away in Cyprus. I know he wasn't the, the only one, but I'd probably go... I, if, if it was down to me, I'd, I'd rather see uh, Ross McCausland get a uh, start out there, to be honest. And I know that's quite a... It's a big game, but I just think Scott Rice had so many chances. Why not put the young the young kid in? I thought he, he, he played one ball at the weekend. Um, there was a great ball. I think it was to Raskin. Raskin goes one-on-one -on -one and should score. It's a great ball. And uh, Scott Wright did not play. He done okay, but he, did, he doesn't have that in his locker. So... If I'd probably go, yeah, I'd go from Ross McCausland out there because I think it'd give you something a little bit better that Scott Wright doesn't have in terms of that that final ball. So there's a little uh, 
little throwball there for you, Colin. I do like the idea of Rangers finally giving young players a chance. Um, I don't really like it when we're forced into it through injury. I'd rather they get it in merit and because Rangers are, are playing a, a winning you know, playing a, a winning style of football. But I don't know, Mason, I, just sitting with you and I'll, I'll come to Davey P afterwards. Um, I think he's done well. Um, he, he's no set Heather like, like Lovelace that um, I, I think it's quite a big occasion. I quite like the idea of giving Ross because on the last 20-30 minutes until he comes away with something substantial. So yes, he had one decent ball. I don't know. I just we've seen far too many young players ruined in the past, and I'm scared in case we do it again. Am I being too hesitant? Yeah, maybe. But I think what you'll get from him is a player that will, especially we get it with young players if they play with no fit. Um, and, and sometimes, even when I watch, I'm not just to pick on Scott Wright, it's because there's some others in that team that that just shot confidence, and, and hopefully that you know the new manager is going to going to get that back. But I just think, you know, in fairness to McCloskey, he should have two assists in, in his name right now where Raskin has missed two great opportunities, one against Samira and one Saturday where you could be saying, well, Ross McCloskey has two assists. So um, I, that's just how I feel. I've just seen Scott Wright too many times let us down, to be honest. And I know we're, we're in this position because of injuries, but I'm hoping, you know, the, the new manager is, is going to give other players a, an opportunity that, 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 continue, you know, that don't let us down over and over. Still got Roof on the bench there as well. He's another one that, that I was surprised didn't get, get on at the weekend. It was uh, Danilo that, that got the run out again. That was really good to see, but um, quite interesting that Roof didn't get any any minutes at all at the weekend. And it was Danilo that was kind of rushed back with this injury. So he's another one there. Do, do we go with a, you know, if we do go three at the back, we could see two up front. Um, so it, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm really interested to see what the manager does tomorrow night so early, you know, early on in an away game because playing as we know playing in, in Scotland against Hibs at home and then Hearts at the weekend is going to be completely different to what we're going to come across tomorrow night but he needs to be able to to, to, to get results in both so you know that, that's going to be really interesting David P I didn't even um, consider oh, I forgot all about came out of um, but I've not really thought about the possibility of him or Danilo starting um, I think that probably I don't think you get the discipline for them um, and the, in the kind of 10 or the wide positions. I think if they were going to play, I'd imagine it'd be instead of Dessels. Um, do you roll with either of them? Do you, or What's your thoughts on what Mason said about Ross McCausland as well? Are you going to shake it up? I, I don't think Clement would shake it up too much, to be honest. I think, you know, having reviewed the videos... You know, of, of our games this season, you'll have seen of a lot more of Dessers than well of uh, Kemar Roof. And I think it would just be a risk that we don't have to take to, to put Roof in there because he's so unreliable, you know, and you don't know what you're getting. It's it's not We're not going with the tried and tested. So I think he would just, uh, he'll default to, to the, the team that's been uh, appearing most often uh, until, you know, circumstances, you know, force them otherwise. So I think had has been injured, then we may have seen Roof, but I don't think he'll, he would change that uh, because he, he won't have seen an awful lot of Kemar Roof because you know he doesn't appear very often. I mean, he'll see him in training and, and he'll know that you know he's a decent player, but I think he will be uh, going with uh, 
you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a million miles from from the team we saw on Saturday. It will be, a, I think, hopefully we'll see Todd Cantwell. You know, as we said, we saw him at the presser today, so maybe that's just a wee clue. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a, a bloody swear for, for them that, that they think Cantwell will play and, and, and someone else appears, but no, I don't think it's going to be a million miles away from, from what we had. So, eh, it's, it's it's a risk, isn't it? Because I think, you know, it's a good shout that Ross McCausland eh, on and said he's got right because, you know, over the piece, eh, as Mason's just said, you know, the number of chances Scott Wright's had to, to come on and, and, and show us what he can do and, and be a game changer. And he hasn't eh, taken that opportunity very often, if at all. I would say maybe the Scottish Cup final when he scored a, a nice goal. Eh, but other than that, you know, is there any telling moments? You know, like Cantwell did on Saturday, just one pass and Dessers is in and goal and scores. And eh, Scott Wright doesn't have too many of them on, on his sheet. So I think eh, Clement won't, won't take many risks. He won't take risks he doesn't have to take. And I think playing eh, Kemar Ruth would be one of those. So... It'll be much of a muchness, I would think, from the team that appeared on Saturday. Maybe a couple of changes, but it would be uh, either right, you know, Rupert Cosland, Ben Davis instead of uh, Ridvan. And so I think it'll be uh, eight or nine of them will, will be as per Saturday. David, I'll kind of finish the, the team selection chat with you and open up to a, a bit of a wider question as well um kind of coming in off the back of alex winter's comment um alex winter's always um on these live streams um obviously i have to go and chase myself cheers alex i, I know i know you i know you mean it well but um he makes a point do we just sit and let the the b team players be loaned out um when do we start playing playing them i, I think is uh, the sentiment behind the question um the reason I'm asking you, David T, is because we 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 revisit this with every new manager. We're having far too many of these conversations because we're having far too many new managers. But when is the right time to do it? I'm not a believer in just because all the first team are playing pish, that's the right time to put the young players in. You, you can't do anything but just destroy confidence if you put if you start eleven of the B teamers. Um, for example, when the first team have an off night, I do concede that we need to bleed them in a wee bit more. Um, so the, when we're talking about does Adam Devine play, does Ross McCausland play, is there more playing the morning night? Where are you where are you sitting on it under Philip Clement? Do you think they'll? Sorry, on you go. I mean, see, Colin, see if Cavanier wasn't injured two, two, was it two, three seasons ago, Patterson would never get a chance. He, we wouldn't have got money for him and he, he wouldn't have been playing for Everton at this, at this moment because he would still be stuck in the, the Rangers B team. Most of the players get their chance because a player gets injured and then you can, you only see how good they're going to be when they come into the first team. And players that, that I mean, you take take Lowry. We're we're never going to know if Lowry was any was good enough for the first team unless he actually played in the first team. He's playing in the B team. He's playing with with lesser players, with with probably not maybe not lesser players, but younger players and uh, that are not as uh, as advanced as as he was. So we're never going to know. But I, I disagree. We can't play four or five B team players at once. Well, unless you're playing against uh, 
Alo or one of these lower league teams uh, then, then you possibly could but definitely can not and I certainly wouldn't do it against a team like like uh, like Prague tomorrow so Sparta Prague um, no definitely not in that, in that game McCausland as I say I don't think we'll know how good he's going to be until he gets involved in these games whether it's bringing him on from the beginning is, is such a good thing at this moment I don't know but I would certainly certainly give him a good a good part of the game depending on how the game's going of course but or you can always say well we can give him a start see what he does and take him off later and bring in another player but I, 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 I don't see bringing in five or six use at one time and I don't think that's a good idea I think I think you would just kill the use off to be honest with you I'm still amazed that the boy I'm a, his name's well out of my head we let the the centre half go to the young boy centre half go to Kilmarnock for yeah, Mayo. Yeah, I, I just, I still don't understand that one. And then bring back Balligan. I just, I, I have no idea what that was about. So we could have at least gave, give him a try with us and see what, see what happened. But I just think it's crazy. I, I just think Bill made some crazy decisions. Well, you had that one about the other day, about the substitutions he made, bringing it, making a substitution in the 94th minute and things like that. It, it, it's just crazy. And I, 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 he made some decisions. I just don't understand players that he sold and players that, uh, yeah, I have no idea. Mason, I suppose I'd be a wee bit less hesitant if Rangers fans weren't fucking completely mental. Um, like, and I put myself in that. Like, I'll just copy and paste any conversation I've had over the last eighteen months to two years about Rangers fans and patience. They don't go hand in hand with a lot of things, but particularly with the youth players. Like we love the idea of the youth players coming in until Leon King gets played against Ajax at centre half alongside James Sands and we're ready to crucify him. I don't know, maybe if there was a wee bit more calm behind me in the Colburn Rear, I'd feel a wee bit better about it. So it is kind of, it's, it's, it, it, I get this argument with the use, and we are, I think I said it on the last pod, we're one of the most impatient supports in the world, but at the same time, we're so used to seeing success, it, it just can't part, part and parcel with it. But um, the problem the problem I've got is, and, and the new manager will have to learn this himself, and I hope he learns a lot quicker than Van Bronckhorst did and Bill did, but see if you just continue to play players that just keep letting us down and keep failing. We're going to keep getting the same result. So, Davy's right. You know, these young players are only going to get a chance through injuries or players out of form. That, that's just that's just how it goes. And uh, personally, I don't see. And then I got back to the McCausland one with, with Scott Wright. I don't see Scott Wright as ever being a a ranger. You know, someone that's going to be here when we win titles, cups. You know, go far in European. I just, I just don't U- see it. European finalist Scott Wright. Say his name right. European finalist Scott Wright. <laughs> yeah, listen. If, if we if we had someone better, and I might have won it. But uh, I just, you know, he, he was he was halfway to Turkey when he, um, you know, a, a few weeks ago, and then all of a sudden he's he's, you know, we, we're relying on him, and, and that's been a problem. He's not the only one, but the manager will have to work that out for himself and and it's down to these young players in training and I, I said it last week when um, Clement was appointed he'll be watching these players in, in training and he said it, it, everyone gets a blank page well that should be the young boys as well that are there training and just because they're 16, 17 see if they're the ones in training that are doing the right things and impressing the most go and play them 
can 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 use them, and, and I hope they're you know McCloughan and a couple of others. I hope they're really pushing to to get start because um, looking at our squad right now, yeah, uh, Sam Lambers would be another one. I just don't. And I know Davey said about Dessa's there, but Sam Lambers for me, I'm I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it until we get Lawrence back. Um, and Campbell fully fit. I'm like, I'd rather see a youngster. And maybe that is harsh. Maybe, maybe if I'm on, can get something out of him as well. But he really would be Harry Potter to get Dessas and Lambert both scoring goals. <laughs> so, Davey P, you, you touched on it earlier about the type of game we were against Prague. You know, they look like the fucking Harlem Grove Totters, a big, athletic, physical. Leads me into my, my question of how, how do Rangers set up? Um, obviously, we, we've not had the time for Clement to get his stamp on it. He did say it's going to be bit by bit, tweaks here and there. Every day he wants something, he wants something changing every day, but it'll be small, marginal changes. It won't be overnight. How, how do Rangers set up? Do we, do we go for it? Do we try and play our own game or do we need to try and tailor our formation or tactics for quite a difficult game and maybe even playing the counter what how do we set up the model well i think it, it will be more counter-attacking you know than, than uh, gung-ho stuff because i think it's important that we uh, get out there and make sure we compete with them i think the attitude you know and the commitment of the players is going to be uh, as important as anything in terms of you know because you can have all the football ability in the world, but if, if they, they crumble in, in terms of, uh, you know, which I anticipate will be quite a hostile environment, but the, the players should thrive on that. They should be rolling up their sleeves, you know, and, and, and thinking, you know, right, let's get out here and, 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 and sort this more about. So as long as we see, you know, a, a decent attitude from the players and, and they compete, they don't fold and, and just be confident and believe you know that, that you're playing for Rangers. We can we can do this. So, I mean, we've had some really good results. You know, in the last few years away in Europe, uh, and we've also had a couple of shockers. <clears throat> and one of the most shocking was that last game in Cyprus, where you could see from the outset that we just didn't didn't seem to believe it. It was like we're running in on on absolute empty here against. I would say, you know, a, a very mediocre team in Aris, and and we uh, we managed to uh, get. I don't know, outplayed, outfought. And uh, it was good to see Lundstrom back being a wee bit uh, competitive in in the midfield on Saturday, you know, and he was putting in a couple of uh, challenges and and willingness to get forward. So uh, if that's come from Philip Clement, then uh, we want more of it. But it's kind of, I think it's almost, it's a wee bit worrying that it's taken the Philip Clement to come in and tell John Lundstrom, look, stop fucking passing the ball back. The, the goal, their goal is up the other end of the pitch, you know, I mean, it's, <clears throat> he's all the professional football he'll ever be in, and it takes someone to come in and point this out to him. Don't, you're going to set David T off, man, don't, I just had him, I just had him saying that John Lundstrom played well and you're fucking about to put him in a rampage. No, I, I thought Lundstrom played very well on Saturday, I did, I actually said that after post-match with the, the boys I was with, that uh, John Lundstrom actually played quite well, as did uh, Nico Raskin, you can see him in a couple of 50-50s. And I think, you know, we will require that performance tomorrow night where we win 50-50s. Uh, and, and, you know, because I think that in the game in Cyprus, I don't think that if we won one, that would have been that would have been it because we uh, just did not... They just wanted it more than we do. And, and I, I don't want ever to see that again, that, 
the, the, the team were just being outfought. So we just need to apply ourselves. And I'm sure Clement, it was good to see the manager on the touchline, you know, you know, passing on quite verbally, you know, his instructions and his thoughts. And as the game game progressed, you know, including you know, stop the ball when he thinks it's out the pitch, you know, that was uh, it was good to see. So I think he will be quite hands on with the players and his wee chit chats to the players. So. I don't think there'll be in any doubt as to when they, they step over the line tomorrow night, what's expected of them, which is uh, which will be a big difference because I think, as, as we've mentioned in, in previous pods, and I think uh, Mason's mentioned it tonight, we went across, we're watching that our team play the last few months and and we just can't fathom you know, what the plan is. So, and Michael Beale, as, as, as Davies pointed out, you know, I think he would, he would change it two or three times during the game which was uh, completely insane. But just a wee uh, pointer from Saturday when uh, the, well, obviously I'm in the club deck and, and we won the throw-in on, on our right-hand side. And Tavgood runs towards the ball, picks up the ball, runs to the touchline and takes the throw-in. We didn't have a debate, a committee meeting, you know, as to where Tav's going to throw it. And, you know, everyone move up and get into position. He actually threw the ball back into play within about, three or four seconds, and I'm like, well, someone's clearly had a word with him. You know, maybe he just wasn't reading my emails because I did send him a few. You know, <laughs> it was a, uh, so that was just a very small change, but hopefully uh, the sign of things to come. David T, like on, this, on the matter of how we set up and moving away from the tactics and formation side, probably to the attitude, I do think we'll get a reaction for this group of players and this team the more. I think um, what Davey P's talking about there, winning the 50-50s, having a bit of urgency, no taking 27 minutes to take a throw in. I think we will see that because, frustratingly enough, <laughs> this team have shown that they do respond well to a new manager. Um, we got the new manager bounce under Gio and Michael Beale. This has been, we can't keep it going, but I think we will get the right level of attitude tomorrow. Well, the, the thing is, the manager has, has got to have a good uh, way of, of, of thinking as well. And unfortunately, Gio, I mean, if you watch Gio, I was standing on the sideline, and I seen it at Feyenoord as well. He was a wee scrumpled man. And the bill was the same. I mean, they, they, they both had these Columbo jackets on, and they, they just looked like, uh, yeah, they looked like Columbo, to be honest with you. And you see, and, and you see Clement standing there, like man monster and really aggressively trying to get players to do things. <laughs> Who was it that tried to take a drink? Was it, it was Yilmaz tried to take a drink of water, pulled the water glass off him, threw it away, and, and, and put him back onto the park. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think that. I think this, he's, he's just got a, a certain amount. He's got a, a certain amount of what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, he just looks apart, you know. He just looks as if he's ready. To, jump on. I mean, he doesn't even like the ball go out the park, let's face it. <laughs> he keeps like, the ball in the park itself. So, that's a, no, I just think it's totally different. I think he's got a totally different attitude. I think uh, I think he'll treat well. I, I don't know whether anybody heard the story that Todd Cantwell told. that um, Bill phoned him up and said, uh, Todd, uh, listen, somebody phoned me up and complained about you, you speeding in your village. I was just, huh? Says, yeah, you were speeding. Oh well, okay. Uh, and, and and then Bill says to to Todd Cantwell, do you want to go for a cup of coffee? And I thought, no, there's there's absolutely no chance that Clement's going to say, 
come on, they'll take you for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I, don't, I just but, don't see that. <laughs> Clavon was asked um, last week about um, Todd Cantwell's TikTok antics, and he was basically, oh, like, I wasn't aware of it, but I'll make sure if there's any issues, I'll deal with it. And there's two parts of that. There's... Um, on the first hand, that's the standard of journalism you get in Scotland where you've got, you can ask the new manager of the biggest club in Scotland anything and that's what you ask him. But on the other hand, Todd Campbell must have been shitting himself. Um, absolutely. It's like live on TV, you've just been grassed into your da. Um, a massive thank you to Cami who's just gifted a membership uh, for the pod for some of the to one of the other listeners that is really kind uh, you can also you sub- subscribe yourself and you've gifted one as well just a, a call of arms if you do additional content from all of us you can subscribe for a pound a month um uh on youtube apple or spotify um mason the last point for tomorrow um Based on what the the Gallus two were saying in terms of setup, tactically, formationally, courage wise, is there anything you think we're going to see out of the ordinary tomorrow? No, I, I don't. I expect to see the same energy, and and and, and again, I think the manager said it at the weekend is off the ball. We look so much better off the ball um, the weekend, and it was a little bit frustrating at times because the first fifteen minutes, Hibs did play through us a little bit and it took maybe, you know, 10 minutes for us to get, you know, got to certain areas, then we won it back. But we looked a lot better off the ball. And then when they did get to areas, we went and pressed really well. And I think the two Davies said it earlier about Raskin and Lundstrom, to be fair. They, especially Raskin for me, just playing more of a, more of a free role and, and, and playing as a sort of a running eight. And he, he got around the pitch so well uh, the weekend. And, and that's the frustrating thing. We know, I think there's, we all know there's a player in there, but he's just played sort of within himself. I think this this season, and if we if we are going to win midfields and and he's you know we're going to dominate, he's going to be the one for me to to, to do it because uh, I think he's got he's got the age, the energy. I think he, he needs to sort of work on his passing a little bit more. But he was definitely I thought I would, I would go as far as saying that was his best ninety minutes um, for us Saturday. That he's played because not many times he does finish 90 minutes as well, to be honest. So that, that was really good to see. Um, but I don't think we'll see anything anything major. But I, I think it's just quite interesting, as I said, with the game, how it's going to be compared to what we, we see on Saturday. And I'm hoping that ma- new manager bounce uh, continues as well and the players have got the same attitude because I think even Goldson and Tavani, I thought that was, you know, players that have been heavily criticised and, and rightly so. I thought that was their best performances of the season as well and they looked more more up for it, um, which, listen, they shouldn't. They should be always up for it, but I think just the whole team um, looked like they knew that what they was doing and, and there was a clear plan. So, yeah, if we want to get a result tomorrow, it's got to be the same. One aspect of it as well, Colin, if I can just put it, one aspect of it as well, the two managers know each other really well. They know each other's style. They've played together before. So and they're, they're they're good friends, so that that aspect will be quite interesting as well. They want to they'll, they'll be trying to outthink each other and, and trying to do one over on each other. So that's quite interesting as well. Hopefully, the other manager overestimates what Philip Cromont has in his locker and he bypasses the fact that well he's playing with a bag of totties um, based on the last three months' uh, performance, and you know maybe that will play in his hands. Maybe he'll over he'll overcompensate for it. Um, but no, long may this new manager bounce last. Hopefully it can last for the next five to six years and we see plenty of silver things. Before we finish up, gents, um, 
I do just want to run through the bad news came out for the club. It'd be absolutely massive to no spend a bit of time in it. But the club announced today that um Mary Gallagher, nicknamed Tiny, um passed away. Um passed away today. Um so for them that doesn't know, Mary Gallagher served the club for over fifty years um in a multitude of different different roles. Um so she actually followed in her mother's uh, footsteps, Lizzie, and her grandmother's Maggie Lindsay. Um who also served both of themselves the clubs throughout the, the 1900s and Mary Gallagher joined in 1967 um, and her husband John worked in hospitality at the stadium as well so did her dad Willie and her uncle Davey um, so she's she worked in the clubs for several different roles um, in and around Ibrox and around the training ground her last role was um, as a tour guide at Ibrox and she was even presented with the John Gregg Achievement Award in 2014 and um, I don't know if anybody remembers but she was given a guard of honour from the players in April 2019 um, where at Ibrox over 3-0 win at Hearts so the Rangers Chief Exec James Bisgrove said on behalf of everybody at Rangers Football Club, we are deeply sad and tear of Tiny's passing. She dedicated her whole life to the Rangers and worked at the club for more than five decades in a variety of roles. Tiny was a trusted friend and colleague to a host of Rangers legends and a much cherished member of the fam- Rangers family. Her thoughts are with her family at this sad and difficult time. <laughs> Dave AP, I'll, I'll come to you first. It's, yes, it does sound like a cliche, but it's... It really is people like uh, Mary Gallagher who do make the club. I mean, players will come and go, managers will will inspire us and break our hearts, but it's the people in the background like Mary Gallagher, then like flatterly Jimmy Bell as well, the, the people in the background who go in day and they really commit their full lives to the club, they, that's strangers, that is. They, they probably are an extension of, you know, obviously they're employees of the club, but Tiny, you know, who I, I, I never met, but I knew of that, you know, in her role within the club and she was decades because, you know, I remember when it was announced that she was retiring and she eventually left and she, you know, that length of service. And I think it's, you know, that, that bond, you know, that, that tradition, you know, with her family, you know, and the link to Rangers throughout decades, you know, well into you know the 19th century it's just uh and i think that that tradition continuity is is, is something that we should cherish as, as ranger supporters you know our, 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 with our stadium with the people who who we employ in the club you know and 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 christ dare i say it it's it's, it's loyalty you know in, in terms of you know tiny and our time there you know she'll have seen the good days and she'll have seen the bad days and uh but through thick and thin, she was there. So it's uh, everything that's, that's good about Rangers. Uh, kind of, she was, uh, she represents it. So yeah, it's a huge loss, no, no doubt about it. Because, and I think that the danger for me is that I think we kind of were endangered. You know, we've gone through three managers, you know, in the last three years, which is most unlike us because you know we've only had you know nineteen permanent managers in our history. You know, and then up until the nineteen seventies, you could count count the managers in one hand. So you just look at how things are changing for the in the club. But I hope we never kind of lose that kind of family tradition, the the loyalty because people will, will stay loyal to us. We stay loyal to them, uh, and I, I think that it's part of what Rangers are. So I'm very sad that she's tiny has passed, but uh, I'm I'm sure she'll. It's just 
as you've already said, you know, she's been recognised, you know, with the John Greg Award, so she is very much part of the history of the club. You know, she'll be uh, mentioned in dispatches in decades to come. So, yeah, and and rightly so. And and, and David T. Like, I don't know if I can add much more for David, but just to echo that point of you know that continuity and what Rangers is all about, just about the you know the the connection that you you feel with a football club like yours. Um, you know the the fans bring that like fans follow the club for the like throughout their lifetime. Um, but to I, I'm pretty sure most of us would jump at the chance to to work for Rangers. It'd be you know it, it'd be exciting at the time. But to actually go and dedicate your life in that employment like over fifty years, it's you know she deserves all the thanks in the world. Yeah, well, I just I just watched a a YouTube film of her that that she they done. There's a lot of good players at that time. Sandy Jardin made a comment on it. Ian Duran, two of them. The, the, that was the most uh, important thing that she held over from it was a medal that Ian Duran gave her. And yeah, five generations that family has has uh, actually served Rangers uh, from from the her grandmother. Came in the thirties. Then Stroud, Bill Stroud was the manager when when he took over. She said the that Willie Waddle was her favourite. That he was a he was a perfect gentleman, and he was always one thing that they, they always said that, that she said as well in that film that on Christmas round about I don't know it was Christmas Day exactly or round about Christmas, but they they, they cleared a room out and and done everything, made a buffet and. What happened was that all the workers came in and they sat down and actually Willie Waddle and the manager, all the managers, they actually served the, the the staff, the kitchen staff and the cleaners and whatever all was there. So I think Rangers are, are really, really good to the people that work for them as well. I think there's when, when you've got that, I think you're, you're happy and you've got a job for life. I don't think, Dave, unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever get back, or, or Colin, I don't think we'll ever get back to the way it was with managers. I think man, the games game's completely different now. I think managers will come and go quicker. Uh, I think that's just the, the way modern football has gone. And uh, I just don't see see managers or players. Some players are a player that stays for, for from youth level to... To, to retire, so I, I don't think we'll ever see that again. To be honest with you, not many players will do that anymore. So that part, that part of the game, I'm afraid, is gone. But I think there will be in the background servants that give their life to Rangers. Mason, obviously, like as, as David T said, there and there's uh, like so many a family served at Rangers as well. So a sister Irene, to a husband. Her dad um, and her mum and her, her grandmother as well, um, real continuity. I'm sure that a London boy who's kept the Rangers, the Rangers light alive through your dad and your granddad, I'm sure you can appreciate that family sentiment as well. Yeah, and, and I've just sort of echoed uh, what Davey says about the, the YouTube um, sort of little short documentary. It's really worth watching anyone that it's got a free 20, 25 minutes to go and watch it. And, and, it, and it is, and it is that. And that's what the, the club's about. I think Stuart posted a comment about it. It's, it's about the support. And, and I think it gets really, look, you know, looked over how important people like Tony was at, at the football club. Jimmy Bell, obviously, sadly, would, would have been another one. And, and I read an article the other day that um, 
the I think was it Gerard uh, took a, took another kit man to his job in is that right yeah and um, he said that since Julian Julian Bell's passed that that the, the um, where you know the, the kit room is just completely empty now from where mm-hmm. you know all, all the memorabilia and things like that and it's and it's it's sad because stuff like that should be there that should all you know they they should be remembered and that, and the people like Tony at the football club I think again you know that have seen it all and and know the football club inside out I just think as a whole as a football club that continuity we need it and and it goes throughout we you know we've seen it with the playing staff the amount of players the managers coaches ballroom everything I think I think as a club it is a lesson that that these people are so important but yeah as I I just so echo I think the two Davies summed it up really really well yeah I think that shows you as well the 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 big change in football that Clubs are actually now starting to fish away kit men and and, and, and and jobs like that. I mean, they, they probably make a big, big difference to the to this the the way the dressing room, the way the the way the players react in, inside Ibrox. And and she said that at the time. She the players leaving Ibrox were were a big uh, disappointment in her life because obviously they went to the training when I won't say when Ochen Howie opened. Um, obviously, all the players went there, and they weren't at Ibrox uh, anymore for 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 all their teas and their, their, their whatever they, they were. So I, I think that this football is just changing so much, and unfortunately, I think we'll see far less of that family kind of thing. Players staying for their their whole thing. Unfortunate, but that's just the way modern. I mean, it's not just football; modern life's changing like that, isn't it? As well. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's inevitable, though, because I think Martin Bain was on record as saying, you know, that when, you know, the employees of the club don't necessarily have to be Rangers fans. And I think he's, the, the balls just went straight over his head. He's just completely missing the point. And, and because clearly Martin Bain wasn't a Rangers fan and, and actually saying, uttering those words, because I think, you know, one volunteer's worth 10 press men. And, you know, the people who have it in their heart, who have, you know, that tradition in their family, you know, it would would always be a better servant to Rangers than than someone who's simply a hired hand. Who, I mean, I mean, was did we not uh, get rid of someone? You know, was it not a year or two years ago who actually had a, was photographed in, in the away end? You know, with, with the supporters, and he yeah. was playing some commercial role within our club. Was that no Bisgrove? No, it wasn't Bisgrove. It was uh, but someone within the commercial department who then ends up posting a photograph. You know when. When Rangers are playing and they're in the, the, the opposition end, and, and so I mean that for me is just uh, it's just not on. When it was last on. season uh, they were they were a Liverpool fan, I'm sure. And, yeah, yeah, that for me is uh, I, I know you could say well they is a bit petty. I, I'm I'm sorry, I, I would rather have uh, people from my own tribe in there than than people from another tribe. So that's and I think that's been the Rangers' way, and and I know. People would question that and say, "No, we should get people who are who are the best fit for the job." So, well, someone who's who's actually you know got it in their heart is is the best fit for the job. So, obviously, they, they need to come up to the standard. Yeah, if but, you if you want to run like a corporate business, you, you do need people to come in and do the best job. But football clubs are community. It'll never not be for as long as. That for as long as clubs like Rangers are still based in Glasgow, I don't know what will happen in 60 years' time. And I don't know, every bit of sport will move to the Middle East. Um, who knows what will happen? But for as long as it's still 
for as long as like Puzzle Rangers are the way they are and we have the fan base, the community aspect is just as important as running the business and you don't you know, that loyalty brings the community in, like for the fans and for the, the people who work in the background. Um I mean oh, sorry, just to labour the point, uh, and absolutely boot the arse out of it. I think you know one of the the, the, the problems, I mean I think that the decision to go to Sydney stems from having people in the club who don't really understand the club. You know, how they got to that decision, which was the most concerning thing for me. And I and I literally did email Stuart Robertson and pointed this out to him, saying, you know, the, what discussion was held and who in their right mind, you know, actually signed off on this, you know, without us. That, that, that just betrays a lack of understanding and an understanding of, of what Rangers are and the tradition that they represent. By by agreeing to, to something like that, and that, so that the alarm bells are going off in my head. Like, that, that, that someone would, you know, those responsible for the, the custodians of our club, actually arrived at a decision like that, and then thinking, well, you uh, you need to get your finger back on the pulse and leave the room because as much as I one hundred percent agree with you, I want to know how long have you been keeping that in for? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a concern for me for some time because the. I think that there's the commercialism, you know, and, and, and the commercial angle when Rangers, you know, RFC and anything, I think there's a danger that, you know, you lose your heart and soul and all that, you know. So, of course, we want to maximise our commercial revenue, but it shouldn't be to the detriment of, of what our club are and, and tr the traditions that we, uh, we've carried, you know, for 150 years. So I think we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We have to move and be modern. We have to modernise. But we don't have to, we don't have to be plastic. Davy is, is is people that have went to to away games for 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 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and all of a sudden they can't go because of my jazz members or they're not my jazz members. Surely that's the club not showing any anything towards the supporters. Right. Do not start me in my jazz because I. <laughs> I will be the old man fucking raving at cr crowds, uh, uh, shouting at crowds, sorry. See, I can't even speak English. I'm frothing in the mouth about my jails. Um, <laughs> that is definitely one for another podcast um, and maybe the podcast that gets us shut down um, if Rangers hear my thoughts in my jails. Um, but I think um, that's a good time to wrap it up, gents. Um, we just went over the hour. But as always... Um, Thank you to the listeners uh, for tuning in. Um, I know there's been a few clashes. This is iBooks and the Rangers Rabble being on the night. So thanks to everybody who's came and watched live and got your comments in. Um, for MD who's watching after the fact or listening on Apple or Spotify, give us a like or a follow or a retweet or share. And you can do it to help the podcast. And as always, you can get extra content for just a pound a month. Um, myself and Steve will be back with the Daily News tomorrow. The Daily News not going out today was my fault because of several technical issues. Apologies, but me and Steve will definitely be back on tomorrow. So, gents, in proper gallant for your fashion, all that's left to do is a very brief goodbye, very brief goodbye, and a prediction. Um, Mason, kick us off. Now, thanks for tonight, Colin. Tim Davies, good to be back on you, boys. Um, yeah, just oh, I'd love a win tomorrow. I'd, I'd absolutely love any kind of win, a late, late 1 0, 2 1, whatever kind of win, but. I think it's really important we don't lose the game. If we can come out of there with, with a point, I think that's a good result and getting back at Ibrox and, and obviously over the two the two games, be, you know, be above them. But but I'd love a win. But I'm going to go with a 
1-0 win tomorrow. Oh, don't know what's, um, what's more positive, the fact you're going for a Rangers win or a Rangers clean sheet away from home. Um, but good to have you on, mate. Davey Pollock, it's always a pleasure having you back on, my friend. Yeah, good to be back, Colin. I'm going to go uh, with Mason's shout, 1-0 win, Ab- Abdullah Seema with the winner, I, because I think Jack Butland will... Uh, will stand up tomorrow and uh, and show us what he's made of. Two one nils. Is it going to be a hat-trick of one nils with Davey T? Thank you for coming on, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for everyone for listening. Um, yeah, I, I don't see us being any different than a, a, a one nil. My heart, my, my heart says a, 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 a one nil, two one win. And my, my head really says I, I, I will need to draw, but I'm going to go with my heart and say a 1 0 win. I love it. So, just to be a wee bit different, as I like to do, I'm actually going to go for the uh, same stroke as um, the, the listener, all for the hill. 2 0. I'm going to put my my head out um, above the parapet, go for 2 0. I don't know about Dessers, but I think James Avenue pop up with a penalty no doubt um, and uh, I don't care like, it can go after the res- referee's arse um, on the way in for the second um, any goal counts but thank you all for listening again I hope your team wins tomorrow just remember we are the people <laughs>